Matthew chapter 6, and starting at verse 25. And Jesus says this. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are here with us right now by your Spirit. Thank you for your word that your word is living and active, more powerful than a double-edged sword. And we pray that by the power of your Spirit, that your word that I've just read out there, that your word would penetrate deep into our hearts and our souls and our minds this evening. So, Lord God, come by your Spirit, we pray, and use this time to transform us, to change us, to challenge us, and to comfort us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder when you last worried about something. When did you last worry about something? I'll tell you exactly when it was for me. Um, It was at 7.10 a.m. this morning. 7.10 a.m. this morning, I received a text message uh, from Jamie Mulvaney, who is our new um, ordained member of of staff, and um, saying that he was ill, uh, that he had some sort of gastro stuff. I won't go into the details, but it didn't sound a particularly pleasant night last night. And um, and I was worried. I was worried for him. Uh, But if I'm honest, I was more worried when I realized uh, Jamie was due to be preaching today at all four services and no preacher. Um, and first service at 8 o'clock, 7.10, that gave me 50 minutes uh, to work out what to do. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, that, I was worried. I wonder what is for you that you have most recently worried about. All of us, we worry. We're lying if we say we never worry. Uh, every single one of us, we will be worriers. And we've all faced sort of commonplace worries, you know, worries, maybe it's, it's, uh, it's been the summer, there's a new changes afoot for lots of people, maybe you're, you're starting a new job. Worries, obviously, about the new job. Maybe worries uh, about who to choose as a flatmate, maybe you, someone's moved out, who are you going to get for your new flatmate? Worries about, am, am I going to catch that train, am I going to make it on time? Worries about, if I ask her out, will she say yes, or will I look a fool? All sorts of worries, we'll all have them, we'll all know them. 
There are sort of the the more low-level worries, but there are also the big, specific worries. Maybe worry if you've been made redundant. Worry if you've diagnosed with a serious illness. Worry if, if there's been a relationship breakup. I know people in our church family where each of those are real life things for them this summer. Worry is something that we all do. And this famous passage from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, it speaks straight into that worry that we all face. Now, when, when I read it, I'm sure most of us, we sort of think of it as a, as a highly encouraging teaching. It's a real comfort, and yes, it is, and we will get on to that. But right at the start, I want to say to each one of us and to myself, actually, this is very challenging teaching by Jesus. It is really challenging for this reason. It is challenging because Jesus, he's drawing a a division, a distinction between two groups of people. And the two groups of people, they are not, here are this group of people and they worry a lot, and here are these group of people and they don't have any worries. No, that's not the distinction because we all face worries. Now, this distinction Jesus is drawing is between how we respond to worry. How do we respond to worry? Do we respond to worry well or not so well? And the challenge Jesus is giving is that many of us who think of ourselves as Christians, indeed we are Christians, actually when it comes to worry, how do we respond to worry? He says, so so many of us, we respond to worry no different from somebody who doesn't actually know Jesus. And I've got to say, that is so often me. I worry I worry about all sorts of things, and I respond to that worry, just like that worry this morning. Oh, my goodness, I've got to preach. I respond to it just like somebody who doesn't know Jesus, who isn't trusting in him, no different from someone who's not yet a Christian. So Jesus' teaching is a challenge to each one of us. How are we responding? Are we responding as someone who is a believer in Jesus? Are we responding like that, or are we not? It is a challenge, but it is also a huge comfort too. And his teaching, I think it's such a comfort to us because it is teaching that ministers to all areas of us. Just in those little few verses, Jesus is speaking. He's speaking into uh, the solution to worry in, in our heads, in our hearts, in our wills. He is speaking to the solution to worry in terms of our mind, in terms of our soul, in terms of our body. He is speaking into that solution in terms of our intellect, in terms of our emotions, and in terms of our actions. It is, if you like, such a holistic response to worry, and we all worry. So first, let's look at, if you like, the intellectual solution, the intellectual dimension to worry. And it's an intellectual dimension. Jesus is speaking to you and to me. And if you like, he's very simply giving us a lesson in logic. And his lesson in logic is this. He says very simply, see that worry is a waste of time. It's pretty black and white. He says, see that worry is a waste of time. Just look, would you, at verse 27. Verse 27, he says, Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can you add a single hour to your life by worrying? Jesus says we cannot add anything to our lives by worrying. Yes, we can certainly subtract from our lives by worrying. We can subtract, causing things like ill health, but we can't add to it. It is foolish, he says, to worry. 
Or look at the last verse, verse 34. He says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So he's saying worry, it's about tomorrow. It's something that's going to happen in the future, but we experience worry today. When we worry, we are stressed out. We are worried in the present about some event that may or may not happen in the future. So he says it's a waste of time and effort and emotion to worry. Second area of sort of the solution, the second solution to worry is not so much the intellectual as the emotional. Jesus is now appealing to our emotions, to our hearts. I wonder if you might look at verse 26. Verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now, it's important to understand that Jesus' command, when he says do not worry, it's not an excuse for idleness or sort of for carelessness. I mean, birds aren't idle, are they? Birds, they they work hard uh, to get their food. Uh, They give thought to the future. They, They store food. They build nests. They migrate to hotter climates in winter, which is very sensible indeed. But they display activity without anxiety. You may have heard the famous little poem, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I think, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. The birds, they trust a creator in a way that you and I as human beings seem incapable of trusting our Heavenly Father. Over the summer, I've um, been increasingly realizing that our our youngest child, Theo, he's uh, one and three quarters, uh, that he's even more of a nutter than I thought he was, basically. Um, You you may have heard, I think, in a sermon a few months ago, I I talked about how he's been been banned from the toddler group here because he goes around hitting all the girls. Um, But... um, over the summer, it's, got, it's just got, I mean, not just that bit, that bit's got a bit better, actually, but just all these kamikaze things that he does. Whenever I, I give him a bath, I do bath time with him and his three-year-old sister, and, you know, if I pour water on her hair, she doesn't like it, doesn't like the water in her eyes. But there's Theo. He is basically trying to go scuba diving in the bath. I mean, he just, he just dunks himself completely under and sort of pretends to swim underwater, and, and he's won. Um, when, we were, when we were in Northern Ireland um, on holiday, and... Um, Northern Ireland was lovely. I was, I'd never been along the north coast before, and incredible. It was so beautiful, just the most stunning scenery. But it, it was a bit wet and cold, if I'm honest. It was a bit wet and cold. Um, and there was one day where it was particularly wet and cold, and we were on this beach, and uh, the rest of the family, all of us, we, were in our, we had our jumpers on, our coats on, our wellies on the beach. Uh, we were really, you know, enjoying the summer weather. And uh, there was Theo, and he was totally naked, and he was just running in and out. Of the, of the, of the rest of us, all just, uh, he was fine with it, just charging into the sea with the waves coming. Now, now, why does he have that kamikaze behavior? He must get it from his mother, I'm sure. But, but um, um, partly, he does it because he knows he has parents that he can trust. He, he knows he has a mum and a dad who are there for him, who love him, who care for him, and who look out for him. And so how much more Should we who are Christians trust our perfect heavenly Father? 
I will not be able to catch Theo in all the different things that he gets up to in life. I won't be able to sort him out every time he charges into something that he shouldn't. I won't be around all the time. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not a perfect father. I will do things wrong. I'll say things wrong. I won't be there at the right time. But as Christians, we have a great God. We have a heavenly Father who looks after us perfectly, who won't necessarily wrap us up in cotton wool, but who will always be with us and always be there for us and do what is best for us. And if you and I, if we start believing that, then we will be better able to manage all our worries better because we will not be people of little faith in a little God, but we will be people of faith in a great God. People of faith in a heavenly Father who is more than big enough to deal with all the little concerns and worries and situations that are in each one of our lives. We have a great God. But also, I wonder if you notice the phrase that gets repeated in this little passage. If you look at verse 26 again, it says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then when Jesus starts speaking, not so much about the birds, but he talks about the flowers of the field and the grass of the field. And look, look again at the phrase he uses, verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Much more. Much more. Jesus Christ wants you and I to realize not only how great and how mighty our Heavenly Father is, but He also wants us to realize how much more valuable and precious you and I are to God than anything else in all His creation. He wants us to realize not just our great God, but also our great value. You see, Jesus, he tells, he says, go and look at the birds, go and look at the flowers, go and look at the grass of the field, and we love to look at these beautiful things in the world, but so often we can draw the wrong conclusion. We can look at this spectacular setting, and we think God must really care for that beautiful view. And then we look at ourselves in the mirror, and it's not such a beautiful view. And we just can't believe that God cares for us and all the little details of our lives. And Jesus Christ says, you've got it all wrong. He says, that is rubbish. He says, it cost God just a word to create this world. And yet it cost God the life of Jesus to bring you and I into relationship with him. Jesus Christ's first priority in his death was not to rescue the blue whale or the lesser spotted kingfisher or the Niagara Falls. Christ's first priority in his death was to rescue you and me. How much more valuable are we to God. And you know, it is when we combine, when we combine the greatness of God with our great value, it is then that we feel the the full force of, if you like, the emotional solution to worry. Jesus says to us, he says, savor it. He really means savor it, but let our emotions be buoyed up by the fact of God's greatness and our great value to him. Let us savor how valuable we are to our Heavenly Father. And I want to say again, I am teaching this to myself. I worry. 
I worry lots about lots and lots of things. Just ask Susanna, my wife. I worry about the future, about provision for us, about decisions to be made. I worry. I need to hear this teaching, and I'm guessing probably that most of us here tonight need to hear it as well. So the intellectual dimension. See that worry is a waste of time. The emotional solution to worry. Savor our great value that our Heavenly Father has towards us. And then finally, thirdly, if you like, the the practical solution to worry, and it is very simple, it is this. It may sound quite stark, but Jesus says to you and he says to me, he says, switch your focus. Switch to focusing on what matters most. He says to us, he says, don't worry about verse 31 so that you do worry about verse 33. Switch your focus. Switch to focusing on what matters most. Look at verse 31. He says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But here's verse 33. This is what to worry about, as he said. This is what to put our energies into. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. See, in one way, you and I, we are not meant to be those that just sort of go aimlessly through life without a care in the world. That isn't actually the right thing. But so often the problem is our focus is on the wrong thing. Jesus says that the practical dimension, what we need to do is we need to switch our perspective, our salary, our health, our prospects. They so often dominate our thinking. And he says, no, switch to focusing on the things that matter most. And Jesus says two things matter most, God's kingdom and God's righteousness. He says, seek them first. And please don't get me wrong. He's not saying don't think about anything else at all. He's not saying that. Jesus thinks it is right that you and I, that we have a priority of concerns. So if you look at, um, he's already sort of talked about that priority. End of verse 25, he says, life, it's more important than food. That the body is more important than clothes. So it's right to be concerned about other things, to have a priority of concern. But so often, he says, we have the wrong thing at top priority. What is your top concern, your top worry at the moment? What is dominating your thinking? Are you worrying about how much you should be paid at work? It's important, but it's not of first importance. Are you worrying about how to cope with that highly irritating or highly attacking individual in your life? It's important, but it's not of first importance. Are you worrying about how to look after your parents in their old age? It's important, but it's not of first importance. Are you worrying about what on earth is going on in North Korea? It's important, but it's not of first importance. Jesus says, switch to focusing on the things that matter most. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And seeking God's kingdom, I take to mean desiring the spread of Jesus, who is the king of that kingdom. It means wanting Jesus Christ to be king, to rule in our own lives and in other people's lives too. And then seeking God's righteousness, it's linked, but perhaps not so much about the rule of God as about our right living for God. And Jesus says it's those two things, God's kingdom and God's righteousness, his rule, our right living, those are the things that matter most in life. 
And Jesus actually says, if, if we put those things first, he says, actually, the rest of life begins to fall into shape. Not that everything will sort of be all carefree and without a worry, no. But it begins to fall into place. Verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So as I close, I wonder if you might just take that thing that you are worrying about at the moment. Whatever it may be, whether it's seemingly relatively small in the big scale of things, but something that is relevant to you, that you are concerned about at the moment. Or whether that worry is some that thing that is big, that is substantial. Would you take that worry in your mind? And would you, as it were, apply those three dimensions, those three solutions to worry that Jesus Christ gives to you and me even today. For some people here, for a few, there will be times that we need to get specialist help for something. From the doctor, from a counselor, there is no shame in that. And when it is appropriate, that is a good and right thing to do. But for every single one of us here this evening, for all of us, whatever our worry is, whatever your worry is, for all of us, it'll mean in your thinking, see that worry is a waste of time. In your, in your feelings, savor how valuable you are to your Heavenly Father. And in your actions, switch to focusing on the things that matter most, God's kingdom and his righteousness.